0: Going on, baby. Uh-huh. Casme, she's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies. She's a queen. joining another episode of the key Chat podcast today my guest is a spotify verified independent artist and he's a voting member of the national recording academy which means he can vote for those illustrious grammys and his name is mr roger ortega he has a new single out called back to the nightlife. And I know that's what we're all trying to get to. So we're just going to chat it up. As you guys know, I love talking to musicians. So we're going to have a great conversation about what he's working on. So how are you doing today? I'm
1: good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: No, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. So I just wanted to dive in. Like I said, I have a secret. It's no longer a secret. I'm letting everybody know the episodes where I talk to musicians are some of my most favorite episode, actually. So I'm definitely excited to talk to you. So I want to start off. I love when I get to musicians to ask them how they started off with music. Some people, they just had that love of it from a child. Some people fell into it later, but I find that mostly everyone kind of had those Inklings when they were kids. So what's your history with music?
1: Uh, it's always what I've wanted to do, um, but I grew up in a musical family. My dad and my uncles, uh, they were in a band. They, the band is still together. Unfortunately, my dad passed away in 2016, but his brothers, are, they, the, him and his brothers played since I can remember. And uh, so I, was, I grew up listening to them band, have band practice two or three nights a week, and they played everything from uh, Tejano music to, to Top 40, to country, to rock, uh, R&B. And so they played a lot of stuff. So I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of musics growing up, and I always knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't necessarily want to be in their band. I didn't want to play mm-hmm. the music. I, didn't, I don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. I mm-hmm. sing it now, but uh, you know, I, I just didn't want to go that route. I loved pop music. I loved R&B. And so um, as I, you know, when I was, I was just telling someone yesterday, the very first song I sang on stage was with my dad's band, and it was a song called La Bamba. Um, which I, I loved that song. Um, and I think I was like sixth or seventh grade when I started singing that song with them. And then eventually when I was around 14, I discovered uh, boy bands, new kids on the block. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, cause I was too shy to do it by myself. I thought yeah. if I could drag another one or two people in there with me, I'd feel more comfortable and mm-hmm. so I did, I started a pop group when I was 14 and we would perform at yeah. my dad's intermissions and whatnot. Uh, and uh, we did that. And then eventually we started getting our own shows and we started changing members of the group until uh, we became the group Slow Motion. That group got a record mm-hmm. deal in 98, a production deal. We moved up from New York, I'm sorry, from Kansas to New York. Um, unfortunately, oh, things yeah. fell apart. Yeah, when we got here. And at 24, I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm too old for this. This is a young man's game.
0: And then I stumbled
1: onto a record deal when I was 36 years old. And here I am at uh, God, the ripe old age of 47. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm the ripe old age of 44. So look. Oh, no way. All right. Yeah. So look, 40 is the new 20. So
1: <laughs> I hear you. That's exactly how they sold me on on signing the record deal. I said mm-hmm. no for months. I didn't want to do it because when uh, I was jaded, but two I was like man nobody's gonna take me seriously you know being a something year old doing r pop music and they yeah. were like the label was like no there's a market for you there's a demographic for you um right. you know we just got to cater to that and they were right they were right and unfortunately the record label folded after my first album because the owner passed away um mm-hmm. but I was able to take those funds from the first album and reinvest them in the second album and it was even more successful. So I'm very blessed, very blessed. So to answer your question, question, yeah, I I grew up when I was a kid. I went through my entire life with you there in about uh, two minutes. No,
0: that is perfectly fine. So what, so I know like, so your music is in the R&B genre, right? Right. Yes. Okay, so what were some of your, like, musical influences coming up? I know, like you said, your dad did the Tejano music, actually. So, obviously, that was one of the influences that you heard. But what were some of the things that, like, you know, the musical artists that you really like?
1: Um, from different aspects of of, of being an artist. Uh, as a songwriter, um, Babyface was a huge influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um Voice to Men, vocally, were a huge influence on me. Michael Jackson was a huge influence on me. I think the biggest influence of all, uh, two of the biggest influences would have been George Michael was my number one. Mm. I love George Michael, love him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so he was probably my biggest influence. And a lot of that you can hear in my phrasing and the way I say certain words and everything like that. I hear that now. Um, And the other Mm -hmm. one is a group called Color Me Bad who was my, yeah. favorite, my favorite group back in the day, uh, outside of New Kids on the Block. And um, that was, uh, they were a big influence in the way that I sing as well. And as luck would have it, I would go on, my group would go on uh, to open up for them and do some shows with them and become good friends with them. And mm-hmm. I still talk to the guys, uh-huh. even though they're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: wow. So do you still talk to the guys from New Kids on the Block? or uh, I, I, you know, we know I'm each color other. as you still talk to. Yeah, color me bad, I still talk
1: to. But, but, Luke is on the block, we know each other. My wife was just telling the story that uh, we were at a concert a few years ago, and um, Donnie Wahlberg spotted me out in the crowd and was like trying to reach to me to give me a pound. And, um, some girl put her hand in his way, and he like moved it, reached all the way over, and gave me my pound. So, yeah, so, yeah, I would never say that we're friends, but, but, but we know each other pretty well.
0: Okay, because if you said you were still friends and new kids on the block, I was going to be like, look, I'm a Jordan Knight.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know all the guys and, and they know who I am. We don't hang
0: out, but we know each other. But we're all cool. We're all cool. Yeah, I think if I start talking about Jordan Knight, this interview would go left. So. <laughs> 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 but he's, he's crushing on him. He is crushing on him. But um, getting back to everything, and it's funny how you mentioned like, you got to a point where you said you thought like you were too old for it so I mean you know like I said I just feel like when people have a passion for something it's good that you didn't let age stop you you know which is a plus but during that time frame when you said you started out you know with the boy band which boy bands were like a huge thing at one point like most people were in bands instead of being solo artists and everything like that that but from that time period where, you know, you said the band disintegrated and you had that time period, where you said. and But what kept you still, you know, what were you doing in that time frame though to keep your interest going?
1: It's funny. I guess when it's in you, it's in you. Um, I continued to write for myself only, just, just to write for fun. And my wife would tell me, you know, you, you, these are really good songs. You should do something with them. And I'm like, I'm done with that, you know. And then... <laughs> Uh, when I went to go to visit the label, a friend of mine referred me to this label. He said, Hey, they have a studio. You should go show them some of your music. You know, they have a label, you should show me music. So I went to the studio after a couple months of him bugging me to do it. And I'm glad he did. Um, and I showed them my songs and they were like, you know, you're sitting on a goldmine, man. Like you're really good. Uh, and I was like, I said, man, my wife says that, but she's my wife. She's supposed to. And, uh, they were like, no, we want to sign you on as a writer. So I signed on as a writer and wrote some songs for some of their artists. And then they were like, you know, you should think about being an artist. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I said, I'm too old for this. And we went through that whole thing. So for a few months, it was literally like two months. um, I said, no. And then I decided, you know what, what are you doing? This is they're offering you something you've wanted your entire life, you know, an opportunity to make an album. And um, I got to say, a lot of it was, uh, you know, I I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe. Um, I'd gone through, a, after the group broke up, you know, I'd end up like going, getting, going through a depression, you know, not knowing I was going through a depression. Um, mm-hmm. I gained weight, you know, I was losing my hair, you know, now, now yeah. I got it all sexy, but, um, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I gained weight, I was losing my hair and my self-confidence was low. And I always, I never felt like I was the strongest singer in my boy band, my group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like that, but, mm-hmm. um, but there was something that I had and that was a passion and a drive, and so when they offered me this, I thought, you know, the other thing I want to show my daughter, never to give up on your dreams, never, and I signed that piece of paper, and here I am talking to you all these years
0: later. Wow, that's a good testimony. I love it. I love it a lot, so what would, how would you describe your musical style? Like, I know you said, you know, it's R&B. I heard one of your singles, I believe it was Back to the Nightlife. It reminded me of, like, like a pop type of thing like a stevie J type of thing you know right. so like what would you describe it as like i said that song automatically made me think of like a stevie J type of
1: thing yeah you know um yeah it's an r&b pop you know it depends on on the mood that i'm in like there's some songs you listen to you're like that's straight r&b you know and yeah. then there's some, you're like that's straight pop but there's no matter what there's always an undercurrent of r&b you know, um, I definitely most of my songs tend to land on the more pop side. Um, yeah. I'm working on a new album that's going to be out not for a while still, uh, not until probably next fall. And it's called Midwest Charm. And I'm experimenting with with live instrumentation on on that as well. And um, I can't tell you how happy I am with the way this album is coming along and and how excited I am about these songs. Um, but I think this one is going to lean a little more pop than, than R&B. Although, man, there's R&B joints on that. I can't wait for people to hear, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's probably more on the pop side of R&B, but like I said, has that undercurrent you've always got when you're influenced by like, you know, people like DeBarge and Michael Jackson and, and um, you know, Marvin Gaye and the Temptations, those R- guys, man. there's going to be that, that R&B element there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to actually ask you something that I wasn't planning to ask, but since you mentioned r and and I know we just put our ages out there, so <laughs> clearly <laughs> we grew up you know, with the same musical influences. So one thing I tend to always ask musicians when I talk to them is, how do you feel about the state of R&B currently? Because I always like to have this conversation because I feel like Music has changed a little bit. Like, you know, when we grew up in our generation, you know, the 80s, I feel like, was like the welcoming period where people listened to everything. You know, like, as long as it sounded good, we listened to it. 90s, I feel, was like extreme. At your peace world, is the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and this is the Q Chat. Keep it locked right here. Mainly R&B driven. Yes. now I feel like, and I have like a, such a love for RB. Now I kind of feel like, you know, it's not so much. It's kind of like a little unicorn sometimes. So how do you feel about the current state of it? Because I'm so afraid it's going to die. <laughs> like, what I, do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I hope it doesn't. Uh, it's it, what, with today's music, with a lot of the quote unquote r and uh, and the style. I mean, that's, listen, it, it's selling for those kids. That's their thing. Let them have it. Uh, yeah. But I think it lacks a lot of it what I think it lacks is heart you know and I think it lacks depth I think mm-hmm. it's too easy to just throw a throw a track together and sing you know a, a, a verse that you're hitting the same note eighty percent of the time you know with a couple couple intervals and drops throughout and it's just right. a you know it's just kind of like there's I hate to say that, that, that singing, the art is lost because I'm sure a lot of these guys can sing, but they're not displaying it like, mm-hmm. like they used to. It's not like you yeah. have Brian McKnight out there right now. Right. You know? It's, I mean, you get those every, every now and then, you know, um, but Trey songs was holding it down for a long time, you know, as a yeah. singer. Um, but, you know, I haven't heard much from him lately. Um, it's sad, like same with Usher, you know, all those guys were holding it down for R&B mm-hmm. and, and singers. Um, now okay. we got the, you know, we, we got a few people, you know, flag bearers, you know, Bruno Mars out there. Oh, killing. Yeah. So but, oh, but yeah, far, far and few in between, um, uh, most of the stuff you hear on the mainstream or the radio is, is almost just copy and paste. I was talking yeah. to some, I'm like, a lot of what's missing are chord changes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like for bridges and B-section, yeah. all the same, it's all the same chord progression. But what used to make R&B like was that bridge when the music yeah. and then the mm. build, there's no builds anymore. And um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure there are, I can't say that across the board, but, but not as much as there should be. Not, I listen to, to like the hip hop R&B station on uh, Pandora when I'm working out. And um, cause I try to hear, okay, what, what's going on? What are people listening to? And I like a lot of the songs, but there's some, there's soul. Soul is missing. That's what's mm-hmm. missing to me. So right. I'm not going to be the old man talking about the kids, but
0: I'm the <laughs> old man talking about the kids. Right. <laughs> but it's like, you kind of can't help it, but you brought up a good point. Like, you're right. Like, cause I was watching like an old clip today. There's this IG page called Grown Folks Music. And they, all they do is play clips from these great songs. Like, you know, and they did a clip today from a performance with Babyface and um the the Haley brothers when they did the milestone group for the movie Soul Food, right? Okay. So yeah. yeah. it when they sang that song. I you. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. But see, you just hit the nail on the head, the bridge, and I'm like fast forwarding to the part where they got to that bridge where they just like tore it up. And yeah. I'm like, you're right, because that was the thing with RB songs. You know, they had, you know, A, B, but then when they got to the bridge, that's when they like took it home. You know, I was like, ah! yeah. you know, and you're right. I just feel like it's just not the same with a lot of the stuff that's on the radio. You know, it's like, and I'm not knocking current music, but right. like, I don't want to like a grandma either. I'm not going to take out my teeth anything while we're talking <laughs> but you know it's like the same old stuff in a sense it's to the point where it's like the same beats and everything it's just you know it's just not the same you know r&b music back then it was like oh my god you know like those singles would just really hit you and you write the bridges and that's why like for me personally people like Raheem Devon or Eric Ganae, you know people like that Eric Robeson, Lessons, I thought was a beautiful song. You know, before I interviewed him, like, I could not stop singing the song for days. Like, I couldn't get it out of my head if I wanted to, you know? And I just think that for, like, younger kids, I just feel like they're kind of getting a slight disservice. because, like, damn, you know, you guys aren't getting, like, a good range of music like people our age did in the 80s. In the 80s, we would listen to from Def Leppard to George Michael to Michael Jackson to, yes. you know, rap is it Grand DMC? Like, we just listened to everything. Everybody was happy, you know, <laughs> and loved everything, which I feel like, while wow, we have, like, a wider range of things, you know, and I have kids, and I'm always talking to my son, because all he knows is Drake. That's it, you know, and I always try to tell him about other things, you know? I'm like, well, that song was a hook from blah, blah, blah. Do you know that song that Drake has, you know, and I do feel like an old lady ready to take out a teeth, but I'm like, oh, that's actually from a two short song, yeah. you know, of his <laughs> you know, he doesn't know you know but i just feel like we just had like a great musical time period and then in our generation we listened to that old motown and stuff so we had a lot of stuff to go back to and i feel like with us when we have grandkids we're gonna put on some good hits but I'm, i always think like damn i wonder what are my children's kids gonna put on when it's like oh you know put on that old you know what like, that's why they're not gonna
1: yeah i <laughs> like, thought
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> so back to you know everything with you music. I know COVID of course hit hard for a lot of musicians and independent artists. You know that work a lot with touring. Number one things like that. So how did COVID affect you in your career? Um,
1: it's funny. It it um it kind of made me reevaluate things a little bit. Um, but it also gave me the opportunity to grow as an artist in mm-hmm. the fact that um. I actually learned, took the opportunity to learn how to play piano during COVID. And, uh, I did a show about a month ago. Uh, and for the first time I busted out the piano, the keyboard in front of a live audience and, um, it went over so well. And, wow. uh, so I started learning how to play during COVID. I wrote a song for my wife that, uh, actually came out November 20th last year. It's called pray for you. It's a beautiful song, beautiful song that I wrote on the piano. And, um, you know, if anybody's listening or watching right now, go check it out, pray for you. It's a beautiful song guys. If you want mm-hmm. just to make your, your, your wife or your girl feel good, or if you're a girl, you just want to feel good and feel like loved, listen to that mm-hmm. song. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, so I took that opportunity. I also took it as an opportunity to connect personally a little bit more with my fans. I would do these, what I started doing once a month were, were these online Zoom karaoke's. So mm-hmm. each theme, so we did like boy band night, and my wife and I would dress up for each theme. We did a country night; we dressed up as cowboys and cowgirls. We did a R and B '90s R and B night. You know, um, mm-hmm. so we had all different themes every month for for quite a while throughout throughout the pandemic, while people were home, giving them something to do because they couldn't go out. I also right. started. One of my favorite things, aside from playing the piano, that's number one. But my favorite thing that I started as I started doing this stupid show on Sunday nights called Sunday Night Soft Rock with RO on Facebook Live. And Mm -hmm. uh, it started off on Instagram, me and one of my best friends uh, just going live. We would play some soft rock in the background. And then we started developing these like skits and a format to the show. Now I brought in uh, two more of my friends. We do it on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10 p.m., and it just has people rolling because we're so stupid and we mm-hmm. engage the audience a lot, but we have like a question of the week. Um, and uh, we have, would you rather and why we always have that section and and the audience mm-hmm. love that. Uh, we do different other skits. Uh, we have sports and news with Huey Lewis in the news playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we touch on current, uh, you know, funny, you know, or, or interesting topics. Then we do, um, we have these other different segments where we have uh, one. We just did headbands like, you know, that game headbands where you. you know, oh, yeah. So <laughs> we, we have this time. We always we have funny food challenges. I think this week we're doing um, peanut butter and tuna sandwiches. Um, but we've done some really gross ones. We've eaten bugs on there one time. Um, oh, we do tongue twisters that are like kind of kind of dirty. It's an adult show. Let's mm-hmm. get, okay. funny, <laughs> funny show. People love it um and yeah it's cringeworthy at times but (laughs) every sunday night at 10 o'clock we invite you should come out and check it out it's 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 just but it's not for the easily offended you know Mm -hmm. Um, we make fun of ourselves as much as we make fun of anybody else and our audience is so real with us they call us on our bs and it's great we love them so um yeah it'll be on this sunday you should check it out
0: okay i'll definitely have to check it out i want to talk someone and you know the funny thing is obviously i'm happy that we're not as confined as we used to be but one thing i do miss were like some of the musicians that like were doing all these lives on ig or facebook or clubhouse and of course D night but you yeah. know club Lawrence team, like practically changed my life you know because <laughs> it was just He did that as like one of the worst times, you know, during this whole freaking COVID situation. Like he literally made the whole world happy. Good. And I remember I used to be waiting by my phone after that one night where everybody was on that live, including Michelle Obama and everybody. Like I would be up until like four in the morning, regularly listening to him, you know, because now one got to sleep, I'm like, what the hell, am I going to die tonight? You You know, so that was an amazing time. So I think that is a good thing. How people just got to have more connections, you know, because right. music is one thing that everyone has I a feel to lean on, no matter what they're yeah. tasting. We all have our music, you know, and the music calms the spirit too, you know. That's so I wanted to ask you, you know, you're in the um the vote, you're a voting member of the National Recording Academy. So how did that start? Like how did you become a member and how does that work, you know? And I also have another question after that, but you know, how a- was that experience?
1: Um, so you have to get in uh, based on I think it was there it was three things it was record sales, show attendance, and songwriting credits. So I had to submit mm-hmm. all of my credentials and everything, and then they go through and check it out. And then I got the email, congratulations, you're you're, you're welcome, you know, you're a member of the Recording Academy. Then of course you pay your fee every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is you join these groups. Um, some of them are Facebook groups where it's a bunch of artists that are just submitting their stuff. Hey, check this out. You know, Hey, vote for me in this category or for your consideration, check this out. You know, I'm going to be an X, Y, and Z. There's so many categories. There's like nine categories. Um, And it can be a little overwhelming. I try to listen to uh, most of what people send me, but it's, it's hard um, because just time, I mean, who has the, to listen to, to all these. And usually a lot of times they'll send me stuff for, for, um, categories i'm not going to be voting on like new age or, or something like that or best mm-hmm. spoken word you know um but i they're artists and i try to give them the benefit of the doubt and i try to try to listen to them and i try to give them feedback you know and if i if i hear it and i think hey if i vote in this category i'll tell them listen you, you got my vote and i'll stick by that if i vote in that category because you're only allowed right. to vote is it three or five i can't remember they changed it but three or five categories so i tend to stick to the ones I'm oh. most, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Is there any particular artist, and it doesn't have to be current, who you feel has been like unsung as far as in the whole Grammy, you know, that unsung artist that should have gotten a Grammy that hasn't?
1: Oh, man. You know, there was somebody a few years ago and I can't remember who it was that I was like, oh, they got robbed. I can't remember. It'll come to me later. Um, it was a female mm-hmm. artist. God, I can't remember who it is now. But I remember thinking, oh <laughs> no, that she should have walked away with that. Cause quite honestly, a lot of it is politics like anything else. Yeah. You know. And it's all who you're yeah. rubbing with and it's money on promotion, you know, and it's it's usually mm-hmm. the people with record labels that come out on top because they can spend that money. You know, it's that's the way it is, but don't tell anybody. They then get kicked out. <laughs>
0: Okay, right, right. like that for the most part because it seems like you know the grammys seems like it's a little different back in than back in the day back in the day like it was a big thing to watch these award shows and i know the grammys have kind of to me kind of fizzled out it's not the same as it used to be you know so i don't know maybe it's, some people are saying oh it doesn't matter whatever but i just think it, it hasn't grasped the audience like it used to it used to be like really exciting to watch it you know it's just I don't know it's
1: kind of different now yeah I think too though because there's such, such an oversaturated market with award shows now you know I mean there's come come January you've got so many award shows from I mean how many does Nickelodeon have you know what I mean and and you've got so many different um types of award shows and i just it could be that it used to be special because there were only the, the grammys the amas this, the country music awards um and back when we were kids you know and then of course you had like the 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 television and, and the movies you know but um but now i feel like there's just so many not that there shouldn't be because you know there's something for everyone um but but now i just feel like there's just so many i can barely keep up with them you know i think yeah. the American Music Awards are tonight. Is actually when are the American Music Awards? I don't even know. But it's coming. I want to see it.
0: It may be Sunday. I forgot. Yeah, because I just saw like an IG post saying that who we just mentioned, Bruno Mars, Silk Sonic, they're going to be opening. So I think it said Sunday, but oh, I, like I, said, know, I just don't watch those shows like I used to. I'm not going to lie. It's just not the it? same. So it's
1: going to have New Kids on the Block and New Edition. So. Oh,
0: wait.
1: <laughs> I think yeah. I'm going to be coming in now. So. yeah that's that's really aside from Bruno Mars that's the only reason I'll be tuning in to watch it unless they fall after 10 o'clock after 10 o'clock I'll be doing my show and I'll watch a recorded version of it
0: (laughs) right yeah you know what I do remember seeing that's how much like I don't like I remember seeing that new edition and new kids on the block was supposed to be on there you know like I said of course that's two staples in my childhood, but I forgot about it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> so
1: yeah.
0: you're gonna have to tune in. So I wanna actually ask you some other questions because obviously you feel you, know, you have a wide range of music. So I wanna ask you to put together, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but if you can let's say you had to keep the party going, right? What would be an ultimate playlist that you would play? I'm going to give you a few playlist game questions. But the first one is like, you're at the party. It's dying down a little bit. You got to think fast. You got to put something on and get this party jumping. Like, what would be like top five songs you would put in that playlist?
1: Do I, do I got to go? Do, do I go to an old school or? um Maybe,
0: anything that you would want to put on for this draft party I'm describing that you need oh, to hype up.
1: Hip hop hooray. Uh, mm-hmm. Is definitely you know he got got some naughty by nature. Um, who are the guys that did that? Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh, party party rock is in the house tonight. Though that song mm-hmm. gets me. Done. Yeah, um, there's a mm-hmm. new song by Dua Lipa that I really love. That I can't help <laughs> but groove when I hear um, Hull- levitating by Dua Lipa. That mm-hmm. song will do it. Um, uh 24 karat magic uh bunam yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: um let's see one more one more one more one more uh bon Jovi living on a prayer cuz you cannot you cannot keep the crowd from going
0: ah
1: oh, there that's it, right? So I'm going to throw throw him for a loop with that Bon Jovi, but yeah.
0: Yeah. you took it back with the Bon Jovi. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> I I'd throw a loop
0: for that. School, when I was in high school, one of the main songs that would hype us up cuz I went to a very um my school was very culturally diverse, but it didn't matter like who you were if they played Red Hot Chili Peppers, when we all were bouncing around like it it was away now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It could be like the hardest person in the class they were all like bopping around at the dance so like that was one song that like grabs everybody so my next playlist game question I know you mentioned the pray for you song and you advise you know the guys to play that for their wives and girlfriends or for the ladies if they want to feel good so let's say you're in the doghouse, you need to put on that playlist and get that wine going and the candles what would be top
1: five R&B songs that you would put on? Um. Okay. Actually, I I care for you by uh, mm-hmm. by our boys. We're just talking about that. That would be on that list. That's a great one. Um, bended knee, boys mm-hmm. to men. That's mm-hmm. gotta be there. Um, let's see. Um, I'm gonna. Go with one that's not necessarily R and B, but he's one of my biggest influences: uh, Richard Marx, right here waiting for you. Um, I know yeah. it's you know it's a beautiful piano song. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, um, God, I need somebody, some begging. I need some begging, some Keith Sweat. Give me some Keith Sweat. I uh, I can't think of that song, a Keith Sweat. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back to that. Um, let's see another. Another RB song where I need somebody that's gonna Joe to see Forever My Lady, I think is classic. Um, that's a classic yeah. one. And um I think um, man, I'm I think I, I even go back to like Smokey, uh Smokey Robinson. What was that song he had? Um Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, it'll be a smoke. <laughs> <song. laughs> anyway, uh, at least those are the artists I would go to. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Man. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I can't think of the name of the song.
0: I sing the lyrics Tears of a Clown.
1: Tears okay. of a I, Clown. I just, it's, just, it's just, you know. Tears yeah. of a Clown. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. No one around. Okay, mm-hmm. that's it. I just like that song. Like yeah. like that <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I got to swap it out.
0: That's
1: the one. That's Mm -hmm. the one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm good now. (laughs) I'm forgiven. He forgave me. That's a
0: definite good list. So, one other question I'm going to throw in. So, tonight there's the verses, which that's another thing that I think I missed saying. Like, obviously, D Nice Club quarantine was something I think. Brought a lot of people together, you know, all the other musicians are doing lives and all that type of stuff. Versus is another thing that I think kept a lot of us sane and entertained. So tonight they're doing two powerhouses. And I know I pre-taped these episodes, but tonight's going to be a huge powerhouse. It's going to be Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills. So I interviewed some other people that you're familiar with, which I'll be releasing, as we mentioned, 80 Empire. I definitely love talking to those guys. So we, our little game was talking about versus. So who would you put together for the ultimate versus? And it doesn't, it could be dead or alive, current, past, whatever. Like who would you put together for like the ultimate versus battle?
1: Michael, Jackson and Prince.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Oh my God. That would be like-
1: could you imagine hit after hit after hit after hit create creativity just on another level um that's yeah that's who would be michael jackson and prince we might go to
0: that is the ultimate one because when we grew up that was the versus <laughs> <laughs> it was. yeah that really was the verses of our generation so that's a perfect yep. perfect perfect answer so back yeah. that- your things i want to ask you to tell us about the new single that you have which is back to the nightlife so tell me about that single so
1: back in nightlife uh i was actually on my way to the studio to record something else and i came across this track and um you know it just it just hit me with the the sense and i was listening to it and i'm like man this makes me feel like i want to go out again because we hadn't gone out we've been in quarantine for so long and uh, it's funny when, I, when when this quarantine thing was going on, my manager, Katrina, she like, you need to write a song about being in quarantine or, you know, something about this. And I'm like, no, I was like, everybody's going to do that. Like, I, I, still, I don't. Wanna I don't want to force any, I don't want, no. And then when I heard the track, I'm like, man, it makes me want to go out. It makes me want to get dressed. It makes me want to back to the nightlife. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this is it. So I started writing it in the car on the way to the studio and um, got to the studio and skipped the other song. I said, "Let's let's lay this down." And so I wrote it with my producer, and uh, and yeah, we were like, "This is the one. I need to record this." And and I wanted to put it out just in time for uh, my first show back, uh, you know, uh, in front of live audience. And mm-hmm. so we through and we did it, and and uh, it did much better than I expected it to do. So I'm very 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 lucky with that. But it's just it's just about, you know, I we I never forgot you. You know, we didn't. We didn't know this was going to take forever, but, but we knew it would end. And, and here we are, we're back to the nightlife. And, you know, so get out there. If you're going to love somebody, love yourself and, and get out and enjoy life. And that's really what it's about.
0: Mm, nice. Nice. Love it. So I, I definitely enjoyed this conversation. Can you tell us what's next and who are some people who you would like to work with? who You may not have worked with and what's next for Mr. Artega?
1: Um, so next is working on this album, uh, West charm, which will be out sometime in the fall. I'm hoping for September. I'll be releasing, uh, some singles before then. Uh, I think the one for sure I've got a single coming out in July, but we'll, we'll drop something before then too. But the single coming off in July will be the one that leads into the album release because it's that single is key to understanding the rest of the album. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait that bomb on everybody. Um, it's really cool. Uh, so I'm focusing on, on, on writing the rest of the album. I'd like to have it all the writing and recording wrapped up by, um, May so mm-hmm. that we can just focus on promotion the next few months until the album comes out. But, uh, that's what I have going on right now. I'm kind of laying low. It's basketball season, college basketball season. So what happens for me during college basketball season is I kind of, kind of lay low a little bit, work on stuff. It happens every year and I get in trouble from my manager every year. But uh, anyway, so, but really it's going to be writing and recording, hopefully learning more songs on the piano. And if some shows pop up in the meantime, I'll, I'll take them. But it's it's more about, I just want to get this album done. And I've got some other things up my sleeve. So mm-hmm. as far as people that I want to work with, um, I've been in talks with uh, Eric Roberson uh, mm-hmm. to, to- together uh some writing and stuff like that um I've also been in talks with KG of Naughty by Nature uh mm-hmm. as well uh to do some stuff so uh whether or not this pans out in time for the album I hope it does uh there's some things in the future there so uh yeah so I'm excited about that
0: awesome awesome Eric Robeson is a whole vibe like I really
1: oh, cool. he's 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 it's funny I know him through my college roommate in Kansas so mm-hmm. I grew up uh my roommate is from new jersey's from rawway new jersey and um he kept i remember in college he'd be like yeah my friend eric wrote this song my like, man just kid's good you know eric's really good and it turns out like it's his best friend like my my college best my college roommate is best friends with him like they each are the godparents for each other's kids so i just oh, saw or, or, eric uh I just saw him about a month ago, you know, he did a show over in New York City. So we went out and, you know, ended up hanging out with him a little bit afterwards and discussed working together again. And uh, yeah, cool guy, really down to earth guy.
0: You know, when we recorded, actually, the interview was like, I thought he was pressed for time. So I was trying to knock it down exactly 30 minutes. So after we were done, he notices my Muhammad Ali portrait in the background. So he asked me about it. We started talking and had like another 30-minute conversation about music. And thank God I didn't stop the recording because he even said it. He's like, I don't know if you're still recording, but he's like, this is a good conversation too. I was like, oh, believe me, I'm going to cut this and put this in there. So anybody that tunes into this, they may not realize when they're watching that Eric Robinson interview, the middle of it is actually <laughs> something I threw in like I it's like you can't even tell because we were having such a good conversation I was like thank
1: god it's oh, recording that photo that you have back there actually my mom and my stepdad had that in their house for years they're no longer together but mm-hmm. uh but I yeah that I they've had I remember the room I remember the wall was just outside the garage and like this little lounge living room area uh mm-hmm. I remember that photo vividly but that's cool that's cool
0: it's such a good conversation piece. <laughs> and I mean, I have it. It just, it just means a lot, you know, because, you know, he represented a lot. And I just like that fighting spirit. But it's I a
1: lot. had the opportunity to meet Muhammad Ali when I was a kid oh, wow. because wow. my mom, I was a boxer. My mom mm-hmm. was my um, uh, my stepdad—they were both my coaches, but it was more my mom. She was more the coach. Uh, but they were just starting closed circuit TV, like where you would go to the arena, pay the ticket, and watch the big fights like on a screen there. So it wasn't quite pay per view in your home; it was like pay per view at the arena. Yeah. And he came in town to promote. I think it was um, Spinks, and I can't remember the other his the fighter. Um, but he came in town to promote it. And he was meeting with the governor, and there, there's this boxing club in town and so we got invited out there to meet the governor and meet Muhammad Ali I got a picture of us uh somewhere uh somewhere not far from from uh my house I'm not at my house right now but uh I'm at my what I call my east coast mom's house um but uh she so so I do have a picture with Muhammad Ali uh, and I'm really blessed to have that so that that is a very special picture that you have there it is a great conversation wow.
0: It really is. And this has been a great conversation. Like I told you before I hit record, I love, love, love my secret episodes where I talk about music. You know, like I just, I love it because it's just meeting all these great people like yourself and all the different things that we share in common. And I love George Michael too, FY, Did I see on your IG page that you do Same Father figure? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I did I re- I redid Father Figure and now that now the season for for just about for Christmas um 2 years ago I re I re-recorded um last Christmas and I oh. shot the video for it in Toronto but I did last Christmas uh the way that the lyrics are written meaning mm-hmm. that it's a very happy song it's a very sad song you know yeah. and um so I slowed it down and I added and it, it it's a beautiful version you got if mm-hmm. you go check the video is all over YouTube, but that video was the hardest video to shoot because we shot uh, literally. I think it was just the anniversary of us shooting a couple of days ago because it like, popped up in my memories. Um, we shot in this beautiful condo in um, in Toronto, overlooking the city. But then we went out to the streets to the to downtown Toronto. But we didn't want anybody around, so we went like at one o'clock in the morning. And when mm-hmm. I tell you negative seventeen degrees, it was <laughs> it was so bad. And I felt bad for my director because he he was out there trying to get the shots and everything. And while I'm sitting in the car, you know, trying to warm up, I would go out there and I'm like, man, I cannot tell you if I'm lip syncing this right or not, because my lips are numb. Like it was, I've <laughs> never been that cold in my entire life. And we were out there for hours, but uh, it can't, it was worth it. It was where the video is beautiful. So check out Last Christmas by Roger Ortega. Um, I actually did a George Michael, uh, tribute concert a couple years too so mm-hmm. I know we gotta go but uh yeah 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 so there's that
0: I'll definitely have to check it out but like I said last Christmas I mean it is a sad song but it makes me sadder because I mean I almost like I was on the interstate when I finally passed away leaving my parents house from Christmas and I almost like I was like oh my god no
1: you know, so I, oh, I, I recorded it because one I loved the song my entire life but two because I hated every version that came out of it after his. I hated Taylor Swift's version. I hate heard some duet version of it. I hated. I hated Ariana Grande's version. I hated every version. I was like, no, leave it alone. If you're gonna do it, do it like do it like me.
0: <laughs> but you know, and to add some stuff. As far as Christmas songs, I just feel like those are hard to remake. Like Donny Hathaway's "This Christmas" is like everything to me. So I'm like really freaking territorial about. The remakes of it, and people love remaking that song. It's been remade to death. And it's only to me, only a few people have remade it really well. And they still can't hold a candle to that. But even that ID page I was telling you about, grown folks' music, they, because they do like these awesome clips, you got to check it out. So they, last week, they did George Michael, Mary J. Blige when they redid As by Steven. And I, that's a classic song but they were one of the few people that I'm like I could deal with their remake of it and I know I'm going super left <laughs> and
1: that's I'm right. good I'm with you on that I got you
0: but George Michael was everything and I just always think about him more around Christmas time because like I said we're those 80s music babies and he was a huge staple you know in the 80s he was just a perfect blend of different genres of
1: music you know so He was one of the first white artists that they played on the Hot 97 up here in New York. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, man, that is so cool. Like, he's respected. He was really well respected in the R&B community because he paid his respects to the R&B artists before him. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's that. We could go on forever about that, though.
0: He did, though, because I remember, like, when he had several songs, it would be on the R&B stations in New Orleans, you know, where I grew up. And I remember when he passed, as I'm, I know the BET Awards, you know how they do, like, the little um, mm-hmm. memorials, whatever, where they have the people doing the tributes. I know they shouted him out, too, and had somebody, I think, I can't remember who it was singing, though, but some, I think they had sing like, Careless Whisper,
1: you know, like to do, like, a... Oh, it was DeBarge. I think it might have been DeBarge. Yeah,
0: maybe so. Maybe it was but I do remember that, you know, so he's, like I said, I I, same day, I can go on and on about him too, but before we end everything, tell everybody how they can find you, how they can get your music, because I know you're on Spotify, and what, you know, tell them, like, what you have coming up next, so just remind everybody.
1: So you can find everything at RogerOrtega.com, all, all links to my social media, my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff, um, but tune in to uh sunday nights at 10 o'clock to watch it's 10 o'clock eastern uh, for just an hour of silliness and cringiness and and uh fun stuff it's great it it really is sunday night soft rock with ro airs every 10 p.m eastern on facebook live it's on my personal facebook page you can also if you subscribe to me on instagram i'm not sorry uh youtube you can watch it there um other than that just kind of be on the lookout for the midwest charm album next year and some singles before that.
0: Awesome. Thank you again for this great conversation and I definitely will be following you on YouTube and subscribing. This has been a great conversation and I really, like I said, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, I know we chatted about music this whole time, but the fact that you also are testimony into, like you didn't let age stop you. You know, you had that period where it tugged at you, but you didn't let it win. So I definitely just appreciate that more than anything than what you shared. So I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you. And you guys can catch this episode and many more. Just go to www.thekeychat.com. You can get to the audio links and the video links because of course this will be airing on YouTube. Go Queen TV on YouTube. So whatever you guys do, just make sure you go love yourself and definitely stay safe and listen to some good music make some good playlists and have some fun so thank you guys for tuning in and thank you roger have a good one everyone go queen go queen go queen go represent you're a queen you're a queen